Hey everyone, welcome back um, to my podcast, Live Set Free. Uh, I know it's been a minute. I have not been on here in quite a while and it's good to be back. I have been pushed by a very special someone in my life uh, to bring this a little bit back to life. Uh, Some exciting things have happened in my life, which have kind of um, kept me a little bit busy mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, which I hope to cover uh, with you guys all soon so everyone can be caught up if you don't follow me on my personal page on Instagram in my personal life. Um, It would be fun to kind of talk about all the things that have happened. But for now, I'm here kind of covering a really cool topic, Uh, something that I think about a lot, but I get really lazy about. But I know that I thought that it's an interesting conversation to have in the church um, with believers, uh, because I feel like nobody talks about it. Um, And as you guys can see by uh, we have posted, you'll see that there is a very special guest with me today, uh, somebody who is joining me uh, for the first time. Uh, and like, it's the first time, like it's my first podcast back and it is um, the first time I'm having a guest on here. And who better to have than my lovely fiance, Jesus Bravo. Um, so, hi, honey. Hi. <laughs> He's currently like 900 and something miles away, but this is really nice. Um, this is like our little date night. Um, uh, <laughs> we'll a podcast date night. Love it. A podcast date night because we're both kind of busy as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've. I, this is something I mentioned to you like a little while ago. And I was like, why does nobody talk about this? Like of all the things that clearly, and if you guys don't know, he has his own podcast, The Rugged Gospel, and he covers a wide array of political and eggshelly topics that I could never bring myself to do because I'm terrified of those things. But he's his own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) He's really good at talking about all that. But I remember we were talking about like topics and things that people don't talk about in church. And I mentioned um, climate change. I mentioned... um, environmental awareness and we were both like oh like nobody really talks about this and we wondered why so um yeah they want to introduce yourself to those who might not know you um people who might not have heard your podcast which if you have not heard it you're living under a rock and you need to go do that right now yes so my name is Jesus Prado as she introduced me by um I am currently, I'm not going to tell you the age, but I am pretty young. Um, maybe not that young, but um, I am currently in California. I do have a podcast myself, like she mentioned. Um, I am engaged to this beautiful girl that's doing the podcast. Um, <laughs> I made her smile and I made her nervous, just so everybody knows. Uh, you can't see her, but I could. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, um, I've pretty much been in church my whole life. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's not really that much to say. Uh, But, yeah, that's that's pretty much me. He's also really smart, everybody. He's currently pursuing, like, work in the medical field, and I thought I had to put that out there because I'm very proud of him. Um, So if if you're ever at youth camp and we happen to be there, 
um, and you like crack your head open, I'm pretty sure he can stitch you back up. He does know how to stitch people up. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that. I feel extremely safe around him. Um, but anyways, um, I did just want to know, if, again, you do have your podcast. And for those um, that don't know, um, he's started this. How long ago did you start the Rugged Gospel now? It's been like, how is it? Close uh, to four years? years? No. Not that much. I mean, you had your blog think, first. Yeah, I did. But the actual podcast, I think I started in 2020. Mm. Literally a month after, like, the whole COVID-19 thing That's like, right. went off. I remember that. I remember mm. that. And, like, I think this is such an interesting thing, like, at least for me, um, Obviously, I've seen a lot of this uh, from a firsthand account, which I'm very blessed about. Um, but for those who are curious, and for myself as well, uh, what led you kind of like to start the Rugged Gospel? Like, why did you feel the need to start it? Was it something specific? Did you see a need and you want to fill it? Like, tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much the last thing that you mentioned. A little bit of everything, but that was the main thing. Um, I felt like... There was a need for uh, for having conversations, like hard conversations, and having uh, topics be discussed and topics that usually you don't list, you don't hear, like in a church setting um, or from an altar or like a preaching. And I feel like there's a lot of little, uh, not little, pretty big um, topics that we should be speaking on that. You know, we could see Bible for, but that are not usually um, just spoken about, like in a church setting. Um, we Most of the listeners, right, are probably Christian, um, and if not, welcome. Um, but, I mean, we all know what we believe for the most part, but sometimes, like, sometimes many people don't. Um, or sometimes many people are kind of like, in the verge about something or or they don't really know what's going on with it because of so much news and so many different things so i wanted to just create a place where you know believers can kind of have a conversation about a specific topic um that might sound a little taboo or might sound you know a little too harsh for a for a church um so i wanted to do that and i also wanted people to spark their own conversations uh amongst them um, that way we as believers, you know, we have more of these conversations with each other that we should be having. Yeah, I I remember when you brought up this, um, when we talked about this first, like, a while ago. And you were always so, like, passionate about the idea of, like, having the hard conversations. Which I remember was, like, one of the things that me and you really, like, went off of. Like, you were always, like, the, we need to talk about this. And I was very, like ultra conservative I still am very much but I was like the ultra conservative like no if it hasn't been talked about there's a reason for it we just leave it alone and I remember you really kind of like opening up like like helping me kind of open up like spiritually like knowing like like we need to have these conversations like we need to you know expand the kingdom in this way and talk about the things that might make some uncomfortable, but, you know, wherever there's discomfort, there's growth. And I did learn that from him, everybody, by the way. Um, that's, like, his thing. So, um, but, yeah, that's very beautiful. And I've I've always, again, everyone, I have seen all of this from a firsthand account. So I've seen 
and heard <laughs> and had the conversations with him. Um, but I think it's beautiful. Um, and I'm super happy that you went through with it because um, I know that, and not even just because of me, but I know that there are people that have really been blessed by somebody talking about this and making this a church conversation, making all the things you've talked about. I mean, you've brought up a lot. You've brought up, you know, the LGBTQIA plus community. You've, and during Pride Month, like, and that's something that's really important. Um, you've brought up politics and, you know, making them church conversations um, and, you know, creating that space for a lot of believers uh, who maybe feel unheard, who maybe feel like they could never have these conversations, um, especially in a church setting. So the rugged gospel is definitely a beautiful ministry. Um, but going off of that, um, I guess just a little question, little icebreaker, we don't need one, but, um, you know, just tell the people again for funsies, uh, how long have you been safe for? Like how long have you been church for? And the reason why I asked this question and I have not said, how long have you been in the church for is because I believe with all my heart that you can be in the church for all your life. And there's only a specific moment that you've been saved. So, you know, for example, I've been born and raised in the church, just like you. I was baptized at 10 years old, but you know, I didn't fully, I don't, at least in, in my belief, I don't fully believe that I, that God saved me until I was like 17. I was baptized at 10, been in the church all my life. My parents were ministers, you know, but I don't think that I fully came to Christ till I was 17. So what about you? Like, when did you have that, like, I'm saved moment? Yeah, honestly, Again, me, like, kind of like you, um, I got baptized 17 years ago. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a long time. Um, 17 years ago in 2005 in November. I remember it. Um, but it's true what you said. I mean, a lot of people get baptized it might be because they want to. It might be because they felt like they had to. It might be because, you know, maybe they feel pushed to do it because everybody else was doing it. Um, they got excited at a camp and they came back and they got baptized. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways why people get baptized, right? Um, but the way that people should get baptized is because of true repentance, right? Right true repentance and and really you know being or wanting complete change from what you were before um to what you're going to be afterwards mm -hmm. right um so i feel like it has there's a lot to talk about there and we can have a whole oh, podcast yeah. on, on, on just that <laughs> but it, that would um see that's your next one i'm just kidding um but for me, I feel like it was during, it was definitely during my high school time. Um, I want to say I was maybe like freshman, sophomore around there. I'm not going to say how old I was back then. <laughs> but, but I mean, I was younger, right? And there's a point where you choose to follow Jesus on your own right and i feel like that's where it was for me before many of us especially we grew up in the church you're going to church because it's just what you do 
you are used to it, your parents make you go, or, you know, you're just, it's your usual thing. You've been doing it all your life, right? You know what to do. You know that, you know, you stand up at some point, you clap at another point, you shout in a little amen somewhere here and there, and you're good to go, right? But it comes to a point where, like, you start finding Jesus for yourself. And I feel like around that time, that's where it was for me. Um, and it was at a camp. Um, so I'm not saying that camps are not good. They are. Um, but many people do just get excited. But also on the other end, many people do make a complete change and, and really see Jesus for themselves there. Um, so it creates a certain atmosphere that is just different than your regular Sunday service. Um so that's where that kind of happened for me. Um, and from there on, it was more of that relationship with God, you know, on my own, not through my parents or not through any of that. But yeah, that's pretty much what it was. That's that's really nice because like you said, like for me, it was also at a junior camp. I was 10 years old and I was at a junior camp. And if you are in the Apostolic Assembly um, or any church and you go to those summer camps you go to camp if you're um east la junior camps at camp Sealy, they just really were like out of this world they were always different youth camps always hit different and for me i was 10 years old that was also the first time i received the holy spirit with evidence of speaking other tongues um so i was definitely touched that night and i will never forget that um and like you said, like, it's just one of those things where, um, like I said, I received the Holy Spirit that night, but I definitely did not have like a me and God encounter till I was like 17 or 18. Um, you know, life happens, you kind of take your own route. Uh, for me, it was a lot of, um, for me, for, uh, for the most part. Um, and this is something that I'm not ashamed to say. Um, I've been quite open about it. But for me, it was more of a moment of salvation from religion. I tended to be, and still sometimes, I don't mean to be, um, but it tended to be very much like a lot of people. You get baptized and it's a routine. You do things because you're afraid of what's going to happen after. But I always think it's really a cool conversation to have with people about, you know, when you were saved versus when you were baptized. I feel like those two are very different things. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, but getting into the, what they call meat and potatoes of why we're here, uh, climate change and environmental. I love meat and potatoes. The meat and potatoes, the, the creme de la creme. Like this is why we're <laughs> here. Uh, yeah. Climate change, environmental, um, awareness, um, all of the very nice tree hugging, I'm a vegan, save the bees, save the animals, like all that good stuff. No, I'm kidding. If that's you, if you're vegan or vegetarian, more power to you. Go for it. My fiance is rolling his eyes. You forgot the turtles. <laughs> My fiance is rolling his eyes because he would much prefer a tomahawk, but. <laughs> you forgot the turtles. And the turtles and the turtlies. Um, yes. Okay. So we're going to get into this conversation and you guys will see or hear um, that my fiance and I are on two very different um, ends of these conversations. It always happens this way. God is so funny. Not fully. 
definitely, like very different. And I, I think we can, you know, like I think we both have yes, like we might have different takes on some things, but I think at the end of the day, we're pretty much no, alike. we're we're very much alike. It's just like I think it's the way. I don't even know how it is. You guys will hear it. You guys actually, you know what? Listen to this conversation and let us know the exact ways that we're different because I like to think we're very alike. I think we're more alike than we're different, but the differences are definitely like the, they're spicy. They're very, very spicy. And so let's just get into it. Um, so climate change, is it even real? Like, of course there's always going to be those fanatics who say it's not even real um what do you think about that like is it is it real what are your thoughts on climate change how do you define it yourself what are your thoughts that is loaded <laughs> <that's multiple> questions. <laughs> but um i mean there's always going to be conspiracy theorists on one thing or another but um as far as definition wise uh, I think it's a good place to start. Um, so defining climate change, right? Uh, I'm also going to kind of go a little bit and define global warming. Mm. Uh, just because I feel like people get those confused. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is straight a Google search, guys. <laughs> so you can go search on Google and it's going to tell you. So climate change. A change in global or regional climate patterns, in particular, a change apparent from the mid to late 20th century onwards and attributed largely to the increased levels of atmospheric carbon dioxide produced by the use of fossil fuels. Mm. So that's climate change. <laughs> now, global warming. So global warming, it says, the long heating of the Earth's surface observed since the pre-industrial period between 1850 and 1900 due to human activities, primarily fossil fuel burning, which increases the heat trapping greenhouse gas levels in the Earth's atmosphere. This term is not interchangeable with the term climate change. Mm -hmm. So to define it, I would say that's what I would say those two are. Mm -hmm. um, I guess in my own words, I would just think like right off the bat, like the first thing that some people think, you know, climate change, when they hear climate changes, you know, you know, uh, we have maybe like, Greenland or all these places, right, that, like, are melting faster. I think about, you know, all the fires, and I think about, you know, the stuff that's happening in different forests and just so many different things, right? I can have a whole list of it. Uh, I think the Green New Deal, right, that whole thing, like, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that come to mind when I hear climate change, but and those, I would say, would be a way to kind of separate that of, like, climate change and global warming and what the definitions are. Yeah, I do think, um, I've always known that they're not interchangeable, like, words. They're not interchangeable terms. They're two pretty different. They're not drastically different. They pretty much cover, like, it's kind of like, they're both kind of like umbrella terms. Um, but 
to more define them because also people usually either take them out of context or they use them they try to use them interchangeably and it won't work that way because you know when you're talking about climate change you're talking about one specific thing you're talking about a whole different um realm of that umbrella for example like that spectrum you're on one end climate change you're talking about how you know usually specific regions are changing um over time basically in layman's terms that's what you're talking about when you're talking about global warming you're talking about the actual warming of earth based on what we're doing usually and like and i say what we're doing because we're the ones releasing these gases. And I know that in the definition, it talks about mid-20th century. So we're talking about 1940s, 1950s to present day. It, to me, personally, I would say we started these things, I would say, like, late eight, like 19th century. I would say during the Industrial Revolution of the U.S. and even globally, because in the 19th century, you saw an increase in, you know, fossil fuels from most parts of the world. You saw this industrial revolution. You see steamboats. You see um, those giant pipes, you know, factories and stuff like that. So defining, like, climate change and global warming was really important, and I'm glad you did that. But talking about climate change, I'm glad you defined it, by the way, because um, this whole time we are going to be talking about mostly climate change. We're going to obviously go into global warming, but um, climate change is kind of the main one because that's the term that encompasses the most information for the most part. Um, but we'll obviously dive into everything. But climate change is a topic of conversation that's not really talked about in church. I've never heard it talked about by a pastor, any pastor. Uh, maybe there's a preaching out there I've never heard of before. Maybe there is somebody that has um, I've never heard an evangelist, a bishop, nobody. I've never heard this covered in church. When I brought it up to want to talk about it, um, obviously we go to scripture for everything. And I wanted to know if scripture does go into it. And it does. There's so much scripture on how we should be protecting this earth, which we will go into. But for now, I want to know your thoughts as to why we don't talk about climate change. We don't talk about how we're treating this planet. We don't talk about any of this. Like, why do you think that is? I would, I would honestly say that there's a couple different things on why. But one that I would mention, I feel like one reason could be just politics. Um, maybe it doesn't fully align with their party line views. Um, that can be one. Another one might be because they don't believe in it. Um, or maybe they think it's been so politicized, which it has in the past couple of years. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into that later, but I would say this, like, if our, like, collective voices are silent, right, um, in the church, in the face of all these changes, right, all these climate changes and, and all these things that we see, right, um, we have really abandoned our responsibility, to not only humanity, but also our commitment to the divine. Um, because it does mention, right, as stewards, you know, of this earth, 
people of faith, no matter what faith or tradition or whatever you want to call it they come from, we have a responsibility to restore and defend God's creation, right? Um, so, I mean, there might be multiple different things, like I mentioned, like, but I feel like mostly would be in, it honestly, I feel like would have be would have to be involved with politics in some sort of way, um, just because it's made it so politicized and, you know, whenever we politicize something, it usually tends to go two separate ways and everybody kind of goes to the side that they like and they get all their information from that side. Um, so I feel like that might be a thing. Um, and I feel like the church also shies away from anything that can be risky for them to say. Um, so I feel like those are some of the reasons that maybe why churches don't really take a stance or or say this is right or this is wrong. And that would be what I would say to that. Yeah, and I always found it really interesting, especially in the last, since yesterday, today, just kind of going through the scriptures and even going through a lot of the facts about this. Um, obviously, we're not going to preach a message on salvation, talking about how we're supposed to steward over the earth. But I have heard plenty of preachings and messages and all kinds of stuff on being good stewards. It's so important to be good stewards of our finances. It's so important to be good stewards of our time, of all of these other things that I've heard wonderful and super powerful messages on. But I think if we're going to be good stewards of the blessings God has given us, wouldn't earth be one of them? And I know we do talk about this, um, but just as a little foreshadowing, um, I think it's in Jeremiah. Um, yeah, it's Jeremiah. And again, we'll go into this, so I'll give exact context later. But it's in Jeremiah that it says that his people, so, you know, the chosen people of Israel make an abomination of the land that he provided for them to be a blessing for them. So obviously this is nothing new and I'm not saying that they were throwing up greenhouse gases at a time where they didn't have any of this kind of technology, but it does make me wonder. I'm like, if there's so much scripture on how we're supposed to be tending to this land um, and just to kind of, you know, flow into the next little piece of conversation I want to have. Um, why do you think that this one area of stewarding over what God has given us, why is it one area we just skip over? Like, we're pretty selective with scripture already, as it is, you know, if you catch my drift. But like, why? Why is, you know, earth just not in our sight? So, I mean, I would, I would say just, well, first of all, I would say that the principle of like taking care of God's creation and being stewards and like working to tend it, as the word mentions, like it, that is definitely like biblical and it's God's plan on top of that. Like it, it's not only biblical, it's the plan that he intended for us right so we as christians should be interested in caring for the earth right and caring for the plants and caring for the animals uh 
more than we have been so far. Um, I mean, we have pretty much oversight of his creation, right? Um, now, I feel like what has made us like lose kind of sight of that, um, I think first of all is sin. Um, I mean, sin takes everything and just, you know, makes it crazy and wild and all over the place. Um, so as our sin progresses, we lose sight of everything God has put us here to do, including this. Um, secondly, like I mentioned before, I would say politics, um, because it's become again so politicized that people don't know what to believe anymore. Um, so I feel like that has a lot to do with it as well. And lastly, I would say that we don't pay enough attention to it. Um, we like eating it, right? We like looking at it. We like traveling in it. But we don't think, like, God made this. Like, like if we just thought a little bit more about that and, like, what it took for him to make it, um, like, I feel like we would take more care of it if we thought about it in that way. Um, and on top of that, now he, he, he didn't only just create it, he also asked me and you and whoever's listening to take care of it, right? So I feel like those are the couple of things that I would say on like, on why. I feel like maybe mankind a little bit has kind of lost some sight on this task that God has given us, yeah. right? Um, you know, like you mentioned in, in Genesis 2, mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, there's a lot more to that and a lot more verses that we're going to get into. But for that specific question, that's what I would kind of say to it. Yeah, and there's honestly so much scripture. Um, you know, there's Genesis, and if you guys want the reference, it's Genesis 2.15. Um, and then there's also Jeremiah 2.7, which I mentioned a few minutes ago, um, how it talks about, his people making an abomination, um, basically desecrating this land that God intended for his children as, you know, this land that would provide for them, this land that would give them what they need, this land that would protect them. And instead, they don't work it. They don't take care of it. Um, that's Jeremiah 2.7, by the way, if anyone wants that reference, uh, if you guys want to be reading along with us, um, or just make a note there if you want to. Um, but I did make a note here that it's something I believe that I personally believe that this area of environmental like awareness, this area of, you know, being aware of, you know, how our climate is changing, how our earth is changing and the impacts we're having. Um, and of course, here we're sp we're specifically kind of just sticking to our church folk. We're sticking to, um, you know, those that are in the church, we're trying to bring awareness in this sphere. Um, but the reason why I'm talking specifically, I want to be talking specifically to the church is because I personally believe that neglecting this earth is neglecting a side of our faith. Like we're not being good stewards and we're not, I mean, that's assuming, you know, if all of this is new to you, if any of this is new to you, it's totally fine. But again, it's just to bring awareness, like, of course, of the earth we're supposed to be taking care of, 
but of our faith. Um, you know, in and again, another scripture for you guys, First uh, Corinthians 4.2 says that we're meant to be good stewards of what God entrusts us with, that we may be found trustworthy. And I just personally think, I don't know if you have any comments on this, but I personally think that this doesn't make us super trustworthy. I feel like the earth itself, you know, kind of like how scripture says that earth groans for its creator. I do feel like there are many times that earth itself will kind of speak to its creator and kind of like shout in certain ways to say like, hey, I'm not okay. Like I'm not being taken care of. And it is sad because, you know, like you said, a lot of it does come from sin. We're prideful in how we look at earth. We forget that it was created for us. We forget that we're only meant to work it and take care of it. And the more we do that, it'll take care of us because that's the blessing that God has in, entailed for us. Um, I'm not saying that there's a mother earth and she's going to protect us. I mean that we're taking care of this part of blessing that God has given to us. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I personally think that it doesn't make us very trustworthy um, as far as the things that God is giving us. I, and I'm talking as a, you know, as a whole, as a, you know, as a body of Christ, you know, he's looking, he's like, well, you're doing really good over here, you know, but you're like not taking care of this earth that I've given you. You don't care about it or you think it's fake or whatever. It's fake news, you know, whatever you want to say it. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. It's just what I think. Yeah, I mean, and so, I mean, and let's go back to First Corinthians 4, 2, right? Uh, and that piece right where it says good stewards that we may be found trustworthy right uh which is what you're kind of referring to um i mean does that verse and then us not tending to the earth as we should does that make us not be trusted by god over that and maybe other things um honestly i would say yes and no um if if we look into that chapter specifically right so it's talking about apostleship and being a good and true apostle right so it's not specifically speaking about this issue but we can definitely apply that verse to a lot of different things uh which i think we should right including climate change global warming um so we have to be good stewards of everything God has placed in our hands. Um, that's in general, right? That He was speaking about him, them being trustworthy on other stuff, but we can include this in it. Um, and we have to be good stewards of everything God has placed in our hands, including the earth. Um, as we said before, right? Like he has put us here to tend it and steward it. And... If we can't do that, then that would make us not be trusted to do that exact thing by Christ. And just as right? like a follow-up question, like, like mm -hmm. are we giving a bad testimony as Christians if we're not, you know, when you think about it, like, are we giving a bad testimony? Like, we're the ones who are talking about God being a creator, right? And I don't mean mm -hmm. to sound sarcastic about it, but the reality is that there are people who look at church people, you know, people who 
either question church, disagree with the church. They're looking at us and they're like, okay, well, you guys talk about a creator and mm-hmm. well, we're meant to look after it, but you're not doing that. Are we giving a bad testimony? Like when we're, you know, not advocating first or saying it's fake or even, you know, like I wanted to talk about later, but, you know, even mm-hmm. saying that it might not be real, saying it's fake, it's fake news mm-hmm. or saying even that, you know, it's going to end anyways, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say, yes, it could be like bad testimony in a way. Um, For example, if you are a follower of Christ, right, and you are a Christian, um, and you are not responsible enough to, let's say, eat something, have a wrapper, and then just throw it out the window, um, or, you know, you're going to, I don't know, like a national park and leaving all your trash there and doing all these different things, right? Um, I would say yes, like, you have to not only follow, right? Because it's also against the law to do that in those places. Um, so when it comes to being a Christian and not giving a good testimony on that, I feel like it could get to that. I feel like, you know, if if we are just trashing the earth, if we are not taking care of it, if we are not doing the most that we possibly can as individuals to tend to it and to care for it, I feel like, yeah, it, it, it could be a bad testimony for other people. Um, you know, we say we follow the word of God. And if we are doing the opposite of tending, and if we're doing the opposite of, you know, um, the opposite of really, like, taking care of the earth, then we're doing the opposite of what the Word of God says. So, then, yes, like, we are giving bad testimony if we're giving, if we're going against anything that is in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So, that's what I would kind of say to that. Yeah. No, that's really good, because, again, I'm... And you know, um, as you guys know, we're together. So he hears about my rants about me wanting to be more green or me wanting to do certain things because it's going to help the environment. And he hears all of these things coming from me all the time, especially lately. I've been like, I found reusable Ziploc bags at Target and like I'm going crazy with all of this. But I think it's so important um, because especially lately, um, I believe it's in the last 10 years, according to um, I, the website is IPCC, which is a website, um, a, you know, uh, an organization around uh, advocating for the impact humans have on the world and the vulnerability of Earth um, as, uh, as, a, as a creation, I guess. They are not all about that, but um, for me it is. And according to that website, um, in the last 10 years, um, 10 or 25 years, don't quote me. I'll leave all of the all of the links to the articles down below. I do have a works cited page. That's the psychologist in me. Um, I don't mean any of that, but that's the that's the school person in me. But um, Earth has heated up by about, uh, according to this website, 1.1 degrees Celsius in the last, you know, I would say, let's just say within the last 20 years. Um, and there are those in the church, um, there are 
believers who I've heard it myself where it's like, well, it's all going to end anyways. And here's the funny thing about that is that they have a point. I understand what they're trying to say. Um, it is all going to end. You're right. God is going to make everything new. God's coming back. All of this is going to get destroyed. Does that really mean we should just kind of avoid this conversation? Like, should we really just, well, who cares? Like it's going to, you know, and according to this website, it's predicted in the next 10 years to rise another 0.4 degrees. So it's only getting warmer and a no 0.4 degrees Celsius is not a lot in the grand scheme of things. But for the Earth, it's pretty hot um, when you take into consideration pretty much everything else. Um, so why do people talk like this? Like, it's kind of frustrating because you're like, that's not the point. Like, they have a point, but the point is not to ignore what's happening, right? It's not to say like, well, it's heating up oh, well, we're going to die. We're, we're not going to be here anymore. Who cares? You know, like, what's the real issue behind this? Like, why is that a problem? Because I think it's a problem. A lot of people, the people that say these things don't see it as a problem. But, you know, just wanting to have a conversation and hoping that these people see, you know, or have, you know, see the other side of why that kind of a mentality could be an issue. So, as far as it's going to end anyways, question, um, and why is that the issue? I mean, I would say that that point is just played out dumb. Um, I mean, it's, first of all, it's not the way that we live our lives. Um, I mean, do you not take care of your physical self and health? just because you're going to die like and that doesn't make sense to me um do you not take care of your spiritual life as a believer um now so you can then live eternally right i mean you do all these things for a future thing right um i mean so this is not the way we should treat earth um earlier we mentioned uh, you know, and we I know we will mention also like another bird that talks a little bit about um, like it's saying that it's an inheritance for future generations. Right. Um, so, I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me when people just say something like that things like this, what like it's all just going to end anyways. Like and I mean, we we don't. Mostly, like, financially, I feel like, and in every way, like, we want to leave our kids in the best possible position. Like, in the future, like, going back to that whole inheritance thing. So, I mean, we do. Like, we want to save and we want to leave them a house or we want to leave them this or we want to leave them that so they can be in a better position later. Like, shouldn't we also try and leave them a good earth to live in? You know, so... Uh, the whole argument of it's going to end anyways, I, to me, it's just dumb. So I would say that to that. Yeah, it's it's such a sad mentality, too, because it's the same thing if you were like you like you mentioned, if you were to apply it to your own physical body, like, would you say that about your own physical body? Like, well, you know, who cares about my body? 
I'm going to die anyways, like sooner or later at some point, you know? And it's like, that you don't think like that about your own body. Why would you think about that to the thing that God created to provide for us? You know, like we, we should not be thinking about that. Um, and like you were saying, like this was something that God literally created for us to provide for us. Um, the book of numbers also talks about this. And like I said, everything that we're talking about, I will put it in the description. Um, so you guys can study along with us and read for yourself. Um, but, um, a little bit before this, I did mention that the earth is truly heating up. Um, and this is causing so many issues around the world because a lot of different climates are being affected. You know, that's why these are two non-interchangeable terms because there is a warming of the globe. There is a warming happening. It's heating up. And because of that, a lot of different climates are being affected. Um, and But because those climates are being affected, a lot of people, again, see those as natural processes. Um, and I could understand that. I have heard that argument as well, where it's like, well, it's earth. Things have changed. You know, I've heard the, the argument of like, well, there was an ice age, you know, thousands of years ago. So obviously the earth will continuously change. And, you know, in my head, I always thought like, well, there was an ice age, but it literally was not being affected by humans. We had no impact on what was happening to the earth tens of thousands of years ago, you know, versus now where things are literally changing so quickly because of what we're doing. And I know we talked about this earlier today about how churches don't talk about it. And like you were saying, it might have to do with politics. Uh, and that's a part of this conversation that I don't like getting into because I'm like, no, we need to be talking about it regardless. But I've been thinking about it because, you know, we're talking about these things that are so obviously important, especially to our faith when we're people who believe in a God that has created this earth for us. But I couldn't help but just, I, ha I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. And I want you to go into why you think this is borderline a political issue, especially when it comes to the church. You know, my guess is that when we're talking about these things, you know, climate change, global warming, when we're talking about what we can do to help, we may or may not sound like little hippies. We may or may not sound like tree huggers, like, you know, democratic, liberal, you know, wanting to go vegan and, you know. So I understand maybe that's why. I don't know if that's what you had. That's what I was thinking. But I'm very curious. Um, and maybe there are some people listening who might share in what you have to say. Um, but I'm very curious. And I, I, w I want you to go into why you think that this could be, you know, politically charged, especially in the church. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as, like, political leaders that try and make, like, climate change and the, like you mentioned, the rising sea levels um, seem kind of like a hoax, right? Um, and, you know, many adopt the mentality because of it. Um, so do I think climate change is real? Or or um, I guess my side of this whole thing, right? Um, both politically, I guess, and, and just generally. Um, first, I do think political leaders have a lot to do with it. Um, with how and what people believe about many issues, including this one. If you're on more of the left liberal side, right, or more Democrat, um, you're going to think Green New Deal. You're going to think AOC. You're going to think, you know, green, 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 green everywhere. If you're on the other side, you're going to think this is an economic 
like downfall if we do this. Um, so there's a lot of different things on both ends that lead people to adopt a certain mentality. So yes, it has a lot to do with po like politics and, and political leaders. Um, but we ought to stop believing every word they say. <laughs> I mean, so is climate change and global warming real? Um, I think from a scientific like point of view, and there is a lot of debate on this, but from the scientific side of it, scientists, I would say, that would say yes, right? That yes, it's real. Uh, but in the big scheme of things, right? Um, these same scientists, right, will say the same thing that you kind of brought up, right? That a few thousand years ago, there was the Ice Age, right? Which we mentioned about, um, which was way more crazy and stronger than anything that we can experience today, right? Um, and there has been drastic climate change before. I mean, and that had nothing to do with humans, right? Like you said. So the Ice Age has had nothing to do with humans. You also have the, I think what they call the medieval warm period. Um, and then I think they had mm -hmm. something called like Little Ice Age or something like that after that. So these are all things that did not have anything to do with humans, right? Uh, so are there, is all this real? I would say yes, I, probably so. Like it could also be natural occurrences not simply something that's just because of humans um I, I do think and i mean we can go a little bit into that like it's a caused by humans right um so as far as that like what i would kind of say like with our production of like all the greenhouse gases and and all that like that tends to hold the temperature in our atmosphere right um and again, to this, like, is it caused by humans? Again, I think scientists would say yes to that, too. But for example, right, let's take the tornadoes and hurricanes, right? On a, tornadoes that recently happened, right? Um, I almost feel like it's a little bit irresponsible to say that, like, it's automatically global warming or climate change. Um, I don't think you can just like that, just, oh, it was, it's climate change. You know, the reason why I say that is like, let's take the tornadoes into consideration that just happened like a couple months ago, right? We saw that it, it kind of went crazy. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, that was an F5, which is the highest, uh, right? One of the highest ones that we've seen in a while. But we haven't experienced that in the U.S. for the past like eight years. Mm. Nothing to that extent. Right. So to me, it's like it's also like if it's global warming and it's solely and like global warming or, or climate change is solely the cause of it. And it's getting worse by the day. Wouldn't it be happening like much often? You know, um, and same thing with hurricanes, like we go years and years without a big one and then one big one hits and automatically global warming climate change all over the news right um yeah maybe the intensity of the disasters 
you know, all of that, like, maybe in some way, shape, or form, like, humans have, you know, maybe that's why it has increased. But mainly also, I feel like it's because the population is increasing in those areas, right? Where tornadoes and hurricanes tend to happen. We see the increase in in population in those areas now. So, of course, there's more people there, which means more death and also means more destruction and more damages because they have homes and they have cars and they have... So, we see all these higher numbers, but we also see the higher numbers of population, which is going to give you bigger numbers. You know, there's many different earthquakes and, and many different natural disasters that we've seen but we haven't really paid attention to because they didn't happen in places where there was high populations of people mm-hmm. so people didn't really see it as much so it didn't come like it didn't become like this you know um national news kind of thing so i feel like that has a lot to to do with it so that's what i would kind of say to this whole you know, uh, hoax or, you know, this certain mentality. I feel like it is important as Christians to not go to one end, but do your research, you know, like look into it, try and do your research where it's not CNN or Fox, like do your research and try to get as middle ground as you can to where you're getting actual information. That's what I would kind of say. Mainly sticking to like if you can and if you have access to it. And if you don't, I would love to share some resources. Um, Stick to peer-reviewed articles. Stick to scholarly articles written by people studying this. Don't stick to what they say on the news. It's true. And I'm one to definitely, I'm definitely more of, you know, a green thumb. I like to be conscious of that. Um, But even then... Like you were saying, I am aware, and I think we all have to be aware that these are things that happen. If there were no humans on Earth, I'm sure that the Earth would still shake. I'm sure that the fault lines would still crash against each other. I'm sure that the Earth would still rise. Um, But again, because we are people of faith, because we have been entrusted with this, and we believe that, we also need to be conscious of the effects we're having. Um... And that's why it kind of leads me to like this final kind of topic and conversation. Um, You know, should Christians be the front line of these conversations? Should we be the ones right in front? Like, hey, Earth is warming up. Like, we got to be taking care of our planet. We got to be doing this. Um, You know, California is in a drought. And nobody's talking about it in the churches. We need to be mentioning these things like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have this specific activity because there's literally no water in California right now. Um, And that doesn't mean that there will never again be water. Um, If you guys, um, again, we're all about defining things here. Um, A drought is just that it hasn't rained for a specific amount of time. Um, So it's not to say it's never going to rain again. It's not to say that California is completely out of water, but we do need to be conscious of these, you know, natural disasters that are happening. We need to be aware 
of the tornadoes. If you're in an area where, you know, there's tornadoes around, then you probably have, you know, a shelter underground somewhere. Um, you prepare for these things. And, you know, along those lines, talking about, um, you know, this earth, you, we prepare in advance and we're conscious and we have these conversations about how we can better look after this earth. Um, because if not, then at least for me, I think I'm like, well, if I'm not going to do it, who is, you know, because this is one way that we're going to steward it. And if anything, you know, of course someone else will, but the more that I've been reading about this, it's made me very, you know, on edge where I'm like, is God going to demand this of us? This was a demand from him. This is something he specifically asked of us, you know, and he's asking us to be good stewards. You know, is this going to be something that he asks of us, you know, whenever, you know, on the day of judgment, you know, I would like to think not <laughs> because if then we would all be found very guilty of this, you know, but you know, is, again, I guess this is kind of a loaded question, but, you know, my point with this is, like, should we be the ones really advocating up front, um, kind of, you know, encompassing all of this? Like, should we be taking into consideration that this may be something that God asks of us? This may be something that God is really paying attention to because God is a God of detail and order. So if we're not, if we're doing one thing and not the other or prioritizing one thing and not the other, you know, especially when it comes to this, you know, should we be conscious of this? Should we be having these conversations? Should we be advocating first? <laughs> I mean, I think we should be having the conversations um, as far as advocating. Uh, of course, we should be advocating for God. Um, and again, it goes, everything goes back to him telling us what to do. Um, so if he told us to do that, like we mentioned earlier, then it's something that we have to do. Um, it's not something that we can question. It's something we have to do. It's not like he's not asking us. He's telling us to do it. So yes, I, I feel like we should be doing it. Uh, when you say advocating um it makes it a little bit harder because what are we advocating mm. for especially like specifically for earth yes because we're supposed to tend for it and then tend it we're supposed to take care of it but again advocating for certain things or certain um political things and certain you know like i feel like that tends to go into another realm of mm. things. But as far as the earth goes, yes. Should we be at the front lines of it? Um, again, I would say yes, individually, for sure. Um, I feel like God has given people more of a voice in some political areas. So if you can advocate for certain things in the political realm, I think you also should. But that, again, gets tainted by both sides. So that tends to be a little hard as well. But as far as mm -hmm. individually, I would say yes. Like, take care of the earth as much as you possibly can. Um, I'm all for all those little things. 
um, you know, like getting those, like not using the plastic straws and having your own, like doing all these, you know, more biodegradable stuff. Like, yeah, why not? The more things you can do to take care of it, the better. So that's what I would kind of say to that. Yeah, because I think as humans, we're so easy to consume information. We're so easy to consume anything. And I think that does tie into our consumption of earth. I mean, granted, we're meant to consume of this earth. We're meant to, you know, this earth, God gave it to us as provision. You know, talking about the food it provides from the plants, the animals that the plants feed that then, you know, feed us if if you're not a vegetarian or a vegan. Um, and in all those little things, you know, I guess advocating for, you know, the health and the state of the earth, like the planet, advocating for the health of the planet, um, advocating for the, um, advocating for the things that we consider not a big deal, but that could be a big deal in the end. You know, how much water are you using? Are you taking those nice, cozy, 45-minute long, hot, steamy showers and, you know, running your bath three times a week and leaving the water on when you brush your teeth. All these things that seem like not a big deal. But in the end, we should be advocating for people to, you know, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. Um, And especially in the church, um, when we host activities, when we do things with the church, um... You know, if your state's in a drought, maybe don't do, um, you know, little water balloon fights or stuff like that. You know, like, let's do things that, you know, or if you are in a drought, maybe in your church, you know, hey, like, how, what can our church do to conserve water? What can we do, you know, as a local community to support our local community? Um, If, you know, if climate change is affecting your local community specifically in some specific way how can you be a frontline person for that um i think that was the the encompassing of that question that's kind of the point that i was trying to get at because you know humans we do have we have left a fingerprint we have left a footprint on this earth um but i think that we're meant to leave this place way better than it was given to us i think that that's what it means to be a good steward of what God has given us is to return this earth or when God comes back, that he would find it not falling to pieces. <laughs> um, because, and like you were saying, of course, we're growing, we're multiplying. Um, there are so many areas, there are so many countries that are almost overpopulated. Um, I believe India and China are being the top two most populated countries in the world. And those are also the leading producers of waste um, in a lot of ways, physical waste, um, gaseous waste. um, In a lot of ways, they're producing this waste. And it may be their fault, but also you got to consider they are overpopulated. They have a lot of people, you know. But as Christians, when we see things like that, you know, we need to be the first ones to like, okay, like how can we cut down on our waste? How can we do little things that at least on our end we're like no we did our part we took care of this we stewarded the land well we tilled the land well um you know and whatever that looks like for us and again really being you know the mouthpiece for this earth that can't speak for itself um 
And again, I just really feel like this conversation was really important to have. Um, I want to chime mm-hmm. in a little bit on something you said. Uh-oh. Every time he chimes in, people, let me tell you. So you mentioned Russia and you mentioned India. China right? and India. So And Russia, too. You didn't mention it. Russia is bigger by landmass, just FYI. But it's not largely inhabited. It's mostly big by landmass. But it is a big producer of greenhouse gases. That's true. It is a massive producer of greenhouse Um, gases. So uh, about what we can do about it. Um, Okay. So I'll start with (laughs) the U.S. Like the proposed solutions here. Yes. Would do little to no change. Mm -hmm. We are a big producer of greenhouse gases, but like you said, China, Russia, and India are the next ones. Mm-hmm. Are if honestly, like China is even bigger than us. Yes, India is too. So these three countries have not committed to any change or action at all. So even if the U.S. completely shut down, a hundred percent, like. A hundred percent without their corporation, like without them helping our actions wouldn't do much. Even if we a hundred percent just shut down the U S so all these political moves seem to be more for political control Mm -hmm. than anything else. It's to make the rich. Um, Even if, yeah, I mean, even if Russia, China and India got on board, the kind of actions that like we're talking about and if we all took the same actions like it would marginally like make a difference mm-hmm. um like i'm like i said i'm all for green energy and conservation and recycling and electric cars i mean even though electric cars that only displaces the problem yeah. to the factories that generate energy mm-hmm. so it doesn't really solve the problem um but any kind of technology, like solar power, like all of that, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say this, like before we end, like this government cannot find solutions without private, private like enterprise, mm-hmm. like without innovation, without inventors. I mean, all they are is politics. They can talk that up, but they don't know much about everything else. And they can't really do much. Uh, So about doing something, I would say yes, of course. Uh, Doing something about global warming and climate change. But we have to be careful not to fully empower the government excessively. Which it tends to go that way. Um, And I mean, another thing with like you know, greenhouse pollution, right? A lot of things that we hear and, you know, a lot of things that are on the main news, like, we don't hear other sides to it, right? And the greenhouse pollution has actually been on decline for years now, Mm -hmm. right? The U.S. right now is actually back to the level of the 1970s in greenhouse emissions, and that's with a 50% increase in population since then. So with a, a double population, it's actually decreased the greenhouse pollution. Um, so, 
I mean, that was not the government. Yeah. It was industries finding more efficient ways to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, so the solutions we won, it needs to be a really collaborative like effort. Mm-hmm. But also something that doesn't fully just crash everything right. and impose like that's like this crazy drastic like government control yeah but as christians i think we should definitely be part of like the solution and and pushing to be like you know to better take care of earth yeah and i mean it is the place we call home so we have to do better yeah no and like you were saying um i am a big believer in um either side i don't care what side you're on right left blue red i don't care what side you're on any initiative brought by either side is simply to make the rich richer like i and i i I believe that are they are some people trying yeah i do think that the idea is there i think that the thought is there but I, that's why, and we mentioned this earlier, that we cannot base our information, we cannot base our, even our efforts on just, you know, government uh, facilities, government alliances and things like that, which are, which could be helpful as a starting place. Um, But definitely looking more on a local level, like you said, definitely collaborating uh, with other communities, like what can we do? on this level um, to minimize our waste? How can churches be more sustainable? And of course, these are things that, you know, we're talking is going to take time. But, you know, to have the conversation and to really start an initiative, like, you know, how can churches be more sustainable? Um, What can we do to not produce as much waste Um, or even energy? Because we use a lot of energy in our life, really pretty little fancy lit up services and concerts, you know, what can we do to, you know, minimize that? Um, and just little, little things that don't seem like a big deal. Um, but, you know, looking at resources for our communities being well read and not well read. I'm not saying that you have to study this day in and day out, but staying in the loop, what's going on, um, is really important for us to have an idea of what we can do um, and also take a little bit of the fear out. Like you said, nobody talks about how um, uh, the U.S. as a whole has been emitting less um, greenhouse gases and those are going down. Nobody's talking about that. Um, We only see the videos on social media of the horrible things happening around the world and it's like, we're doing pretty good. And our generation, I feel like, has done a really good job at that because I know this was not a huge conversation in the 70s. It wasn't a huge conversation in the 90s and even into, you know, Y2K era definitely was not a big deal. But I think um, knowing this information and having this information, knowing where to gather information, knowing where to gather our resources, knowing what we can do, um, I think is really important. Um, and as I mentioned before, we are going to be leaving um, a lot of resources, uh, the Bible verses we've mentioned, the statistics that we've mentioned. We are going to leave them uh, in the description if anyone is curious. Um, but I guess one thing 
uh, that I w wanted to mention, I've been wanting to, is a website called climatechangeresources.org. This is where you can find um, website links to websites. Um, you can find them according to the state that you're in. There are also some websites internationally, depending on where you are listening from. Um, and again, these are just global, national, or even local initiatives, uh, statewide initiatives that can help us just be more aware of what's going on. Uh, if you're from California, that's where I'm from, but I'm currently in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, there's the California Coastkeeper Alliance, which is an initiative to advocate for the water shortages that California goes through. Um, and I think that's a good place to pick up on, you know, information, what's going on, how you can help. Um, and again, those are just little tiny resources that I think are good to have in our back pocket. Um, and like we've been mentioning this whole time, you know, as people of faith, as believers, I do believe that we should be the first ones, um, I guess, in line to, you know, at least be aware of these things that are happening. Um, and like you mentioned, um, being aware also that, you know, government-wise, there are things that we just can't, whenever we hear those things, we got to take them with a grain of salt. Um, so, yeah, I think it's been a good conversation. And I really appreciate all that you brought. Like, it was really cool learning from you. There's a lot of things that I learned, and I always, always, always learn from you. Um, and thank you for having this conversation with me because um, I think it was important. I don't think it was a hard conversation to have, but I do think that you brought up some really excellent points that maybe some people who think a lot like me might be like, whoa, because that's how I was feeling. I was like, whoa, that's an interesting point. Like, you're right. Um, so yeah, thank you for bringing all of that, bringing the heat, the fire, no pun intended. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> thank you for having absolutely. me. Absolutely. Um, and I don't want anybody thinking that this is how we talk to each other on a day to day basis. It's very much scripted. Everybody, um, <laughs> right. We're being very proper with each other. Um, it's weird to say that to you. Like, absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I think that this, this conversation um, was hopefully helpful um, and I hope that whoever's listening feels slightly encouraged maybe if you've been thinking about these kinds of things if you've been thinking about maybe you've been thinking about having this conversation in your church and what you can do um, I think this would be a really cool youth activity um, go have a beach day and clean up at the beach. You can even work with your local beaches if you want to. I know Huntington and Laguna have initiatives for cleaning the parks. Um, I think it. I think that would be cool. Why not do it with your church? And you know, at the same time, you know, we could bring the message with this um, to people to know that there is a God that you know has entrusted us with this earth. Whatever you want to do. Um, this conversation was literally just you know, to bring this to light. Um, there's something I wanted to talk about and um, climate change and just being, you know, environmentally sound, I think has something that like has been like a recent passion of mine. So thank you for having this conversation with me and talking with me about this. And if you've been listening and you got this far, I really appreciate you um, listening in on this conversation. And again, if you have any thoughts on this, reach out to either one of us. Um, we're definitely here to continue this conversation. 
Um, I'm here if you need it. Um, he's there. You guys obviously know where to find him. If you guys don't know where to find us, we will obviously leave that in the description. He's uh, at The Rugged Gospel on Instagram. He's also now The Rugged Gospel in Español. Para los que no hablan inglés, um, you can also find him on there. And any of his other links will be in his Instagram bio. I believe he has a link tree to any and any uh, places that you would want to find him. He's on YouTube. He's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, he's everywhere. He's he's everywhere. Um, so, and as for me, you guys know where to find me at Rally Set Free. Um, we're definitely here to keep this conversation going. I feel like we could talk about this forever. I definitely could. I love learning. Um, and I love learning things that I didn't know before. <laughs> um, so thanks again for coming on. And if you've been listening in, I really appreciate you guys. Um, again, all of the resources, links to any of articles that we mentioned, um, scripture verses, anything like that will be available to everybody. Um, in case you want to fact check us, uh, you're more than welcome to. Again, um, we're here to listen in on whatever you guys want to say. And I uh, thank you guys for listening in with us. Um, and I'm excited. Keep a lookout. Um, I do have some very fun things lined up for myself and for you all as listeners. And keep an eye out for the Rugged Gospel. He's also got some things brewing. And keep an eye out for his podcast, En Español, coming to you guys very soon. Um, but, yeah, that's it for this episode. Also, she's not going to say it, but go and subscribe to her podcast <laughs> and leave a good rating and leave her the best review you can possibly give. It really does help. So for a podcast that's starting or a podcast that's new, that does help a lot because it makes you, um, it puts you more out there. It makes you more visible. So... Make sure to do that for wow. her as well. Thank you so much. Plug, plug, plug. Uh, tell your friends about this. Tell your friends about uh, Live Set Free. We're here to have these fun conversations. We're here to learn from each other, grow with each other, um, and hopefully set ourselves free from some uh, mentalities that we might all have and just grow uh, together. So, yeah, subscribe um, and subscribe to The Rugged Gospel. You guys know where to find him. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And I will catch you guys on the very next episode. God bless you all. God bless, guys.